For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Fourth Down Focus, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I am Dan Lundy, host of the podcast and founder of Fourth Down University. We are in the second half of football season, and what a wild one it's been to this point. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all NFL and college football action this fall. With a new website and even more odds, props, bets, contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your phone to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That is double your initial deposit just for signing up. And don't forget to use promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Episode 57 of the podcast welcomes Devin Anktil, former punter for Kansas State and current free agent. He is also the founder of Punt 21. Devin, it is an honor to have you on the show. How are you doing today? Doing great, Dan. It's a sunny, beautiful day in Kansas City this morning. Got some good fall weather going on and uh, yeah, excited to be on this podcast with you. Man, I'm jealous of how good you sound. I'm not going to lie. I got to ask you after the show what mic you're using. Um, you are by far the best sounding guest already. Uh, I hope you can follow through with some good content for my listeners. <laughs> uh, so I'd like to to start by saying I'm very impressed with you. Uh, I just recently saw some film of you with Nick Novak, and uh, I had no idea of the ability you have. Um, so I, I'm really proud of where you are, and I want to talk about that a little bit about, you know, you don't roll out of bed at your age and, and have the ability to punt the way you do. I think that you're one of very few in the world that has this ability, and I think that you should continue with what you're doing. Um, because I just met you and 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 I wanted to just say that to start the show. I think you're special and I think you need to continue to chase this dream of playing in the NFL. Well, yeah. Well, thank you, Dan. Yeah, I, I take it my job very seriously. Obviously, as a free agent punter, you really got to stay on your toes because uh, you never know when the opportunity is going to come. So um, it just takes with my work ethic each day, uh, doing all the little things like stretching, uh, working out, punting three or four times a week and just staying fresh and ready to go, man. So let's go back in time. Let's go back to, I don't know, like high school when you probably played a number of things and you weren't sure what was next and what was on the horizon. Um, I want you to tell your story uh, more specifically and how you got involved with kicking and punting uh, the setbacks that you had. And uh, when was the moment you realized that playing college football was an option? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm going to take you all the way back to fourth grade because that's when I first started punting and kicking. <laughs> uh, my peewee football team needed a punter and kicker. So we had uh, some tryouts for that. And I ended up winning both of those uh, 
positions. And ever since then, I kind of fell in love with it. I didn't really start taking it seriously, though, until my senior year of high school and uh, kind of set me back in the curve with kind of getting recruiting, too. But I'll, I'll address that a little bit later. But uh, I mean, honestly, it's a humbling experience, too, when I first started because uh, I liked doing it, but I wasn't like in love with it. My first love was basketball. And that was something that I wanted to do in college, but, and I wasn't going to play football my junior year of high school and, and for the foreseeable future until my coach came into the gym one day when I was working out, getting ready for the basketball season. And he goes, look, we really need a, a kicker and punter next year. I'm begging you, will you please, will you please come out. And I said, I don't know. I, I, I didn't really know how to respond to that. And he goes, well, why don't you just come out on Thursdays, kick and punt on Thursdays, and then you get to play on Fridays. So I was like, all right, I'll do that. Cause I wasn't like fully invested into it, but I was just like, you know what? I want to help out my friends too. And uh, my parents are like, yeah, you should definitely go do that because uh, being a two sport athlete is uh, very beneficial for just, just for your body too. different types of movements. You're not doing the same repetitive process. And uh, I was kind of over football too. Cause I broke my ankle my freshman year, which is my punting foot uh, ankle. And uh, I think that kind of, played into it. I wasn't really into contact too. So uh, there was just a lot of things that went into it, but I mean, I'm, I'm here where I'm at now and I'm thankful that that coach came in and to the basketball gym and told me to punt and kick uh, for the next two years in high school, because I wouldn't be where I am today without that coach. We say this on the show often, and I'm going to repeat it again specialization is i think a, a real negative word on this show i i, I you're a, yet another guest who has done some wonderful things and you're continuing to do so but you did not live and breathe punting and kicking from freshman year to senior year in high school instead you were in love with other things which again all complemented the punting right I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, the getting vertical, the activation of hips, you don't think basketball help with that? Come oh, on. it definitely did. Come right? on now. Right? I mean, I don't want you, and I, when the kickers who listen to the show, the, the feedback I get in my comments is, well, I'm not good at anything else. And I'm not asking you to be all-state basketball player. What I'm asking you to do is try everything, which you haven't, and don't lie to yourself because you haven't. Uh, I regret not playing tennis. I think tennis – is a wonderful activity for adductors. And that was my weakness that crippled me. I tore my adductor three times at Miami in about 18 months span. And I didn't have a lot of lateral movement, enough of it apparently. Right. Um, So I think all of these things, I think track is wonderful. Dustin Hopkins, when I learned he was a triple jumper, I started saying, Hmm, that's why he's an effective kickoff specialist, his tempo, his rhythm, his process and his progression to the ball. It's linear and there's a purpose. And he learned that from triple jump. He was an elite triple jumper. Um, So again, specialization is, I don't want these kids just to kick punt and snap in high school. In fact, I want them to, to get away from it often and go do other things that are going to help later with it. Cause eventually you're going to have to hang everything up and just punt. And I don't know about you, but I didn't love that. I missed the sports that I used to play when I was in college. Yeah, I definitely did too. And I played intramural basketball when I was in, college too on the side when i was uh in the off season they let you oh yeah they let us well they knew but who knew if they actually wanted you to or not but <laughs> it was only in the off season when i would do that but 
I mean, I, I still love basketball to this day. I'll still play every now and then just to kind of get into it. It's just good to get different movements too, you know? Yeah. I mean, I was a soccer player and they're very similar. I, I used to not, I'll, I'll be honest. I didn't think that cardiovascularly basketball players were, were matching up to soccer players until I tried it, <laughs> you know, until I was like, Oh, Oh, that's why they sub more. Because they, you know, and then hockey, you know, opened my eyes to hockey. Hockey's probably the most grueling sport they, out there that in wrestling or swimming for that matter, all these sports that we don't give enough credit to. These are the things I have a great swimmer right now. He's a, he's an, he's a very, very good kicker, but I think it came from his swimming background. Mm-hmm. I really, he's able to, he has complete control of his entire body, right? He knows how to activate things or deactivate things because you have to use your entire body to be an effective swimmer. So I know we're getting off on a tangent and I want to get into my next question, which I think is super important. I want you to talk about high school now, like you're, you're in high school, um, you're realizing uh, nearing the end that your options are limited, right? Like you've got to make a decision, your senior year. Uh, tell us about your high school recruiting journey and how it led to JUCO first and then ultimately ended up at Kansas State. For sure, yeah. I mean, uh, like I said before, um, didn't start the recruiting process until my senior year, literally one week before the football season started and uh, Twitter wasn't that big of a thing back then when I was in high school um, it was it was kind of on the up and come up so I wasn't getting noticed through that direction I didn't even have a huddle made either until probably uh, my second or third game into the season and yeah that just crippled me right there so at the end of the football season I had zero scholarship offers and I was like well Maybe I'll just go play basketball in college. Well, I ended up only getting one or two offers in basketball. So this is in March now, fast forwarding to then. And I only have two football offers from Baker University, which is an NAIA school here in Kansas, just right outside of Lawrence, Kansas, and Coffeeville Community College. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to Coffeeville because I, I want to play Division One football. And uh, I went to Coffeeville, and JUCO is just a – different breed i mean you you definitely uh it's a culture shock for sure uh there's a lot of interesting people there but it's cool to be able to see that different side too because it just helps to uh broaden your horizon and just has you and just shows you too like how how much more harder you need to work if you want to make it out of juco and uh went down to juco did really good job there i got first team all conference first team all region and was an honorable mention, all, all, uh, all American Juco. And uh, my special teams coach at the time down there really taught me uh, how to punt the proper way. Like before, uh, I mean, during high school too, I, just, I took like lessons every now and then. I wasn't too serious about it, like I alluded to before. But he, once I got down there, Coach Clevenger, my special teams coach, he taught me the big things about really exploding up through the ball uh, keeping my toe locked out all the way through point of contact, um, just and a lot of little things too. And uh, went to there, balled out. Uh, fast forward to June of my freshman year. Well, after my freshman year, I played. Uh, going to my sophomore year in the summer, June 2016, I was like, you know what? I have the grades. I really want to try to get out of Juke. I don't want to come back here for another year. So I reached out to Kansas State University. Uh, to see if I could go to their kicking camp and they had never allowed a Juco punter kicker to come to their kicking camp. So they had to get it approved by bill who was the head coach at the time. 
And uh, Bill was like, yeah, let's, let's see what he's got. So they brought me up. I did really good at the camp and Sean Snyder pulled me aside and goes, look, you had the grades. Why don't you just come up here instead of waiting for another time to come up to Kansas state. And I was like, I thought about it for probably like an hour or two. <laughs> and I told him, yeah, I'm coming up here. And, uh, that was one of the best decisions I ever made. Um, I enrolled two days later, started taking summer classes, started working out with the team. Uh, but my Coffeeville coaches, they were not ha- happy with me because I kind of, uh, kind of just bailed on them, but I told them what my intentions were going in before that. They just weren't happy because I kind of just bailed at last second, but uh, I kind of feel bad about that still to this day. But, and at the end of it, the grand scheme of it all, it still worked out. And, uh, uh, just uh, all those punters and kickers and snappers who are out there, don't be afraid to go the Juco. If you want to bet on yourself, go the Juco route. It'll be worth it. Um, it's going to be a struggle because these Juco coaches, they don't really value specialists, which that's all right, but you got to earn the respect. And once you earn their respect, you'll start seeing coaches respect you more. You'll start seeing the players respect you more. And uh, if you ball out in the field, that's all that really matters at the end of the day in their eyes. It's a numbers game. There are 17,500 high schools that play football. Mm-hmm. You multiply that times three, that's, that's a lot. That's almost 50,000 high school specialists. You divide that by four, that's 12,500 senior specialists. I would like to think there are five or 10% of those are pretty damn good. And unfortunately, there's only a few scholarships to go around per year at each level. You yeah. know? Um, so... I love what you said, and I think it's very important that people hear this very, very carefully. You are probably good enough, Billy, wherever Billy is listening right now, but you may have to, right, refine your plans, change them a little bit. You may redirect to Coffeeville or Wachita, you know, like all these places that you've never heard of in Mississippi or wherever. If your dream is to play college football, put your ego aside. It's not a matter of you not being good enough. It's a matter of the timing, right? It's a matter of the connections you make at the right time. And it's a matter, it's a, it's a matter of jumping off the screen to the coach who's recruiting you. And I think to go further with this is the people who bet on themselves, like you said, are the ones who are getting the offers more so than a really good high school kicker, punter, or snapper. Because they, they have then gone on to a year of wherever they are, and it's probably not the best circumstance and you were proactive in that place and you put good product on the field, good film at a higher level than high school football. So those seniors get passed up too, right? By, by people like you. It's unfortunate, right? That it's not, you're not just competing for a scholarship with the other seniors in the country. You're also, <laughs> you're competing with all those junior college kids who are older than you and probably want it more than you and realize it. Mm-hmm. Um, so be very careful in the assumption of, I will go division one right out of high school. I'll sit my red shirt year behind an all American kicker, and then I'll get four years of playing time. That is a dream. It happens, but I would say it's less than 1%. And unfortunately Fox and CBS and all these big networks, they focus on those kids because those kids sell products. Yep. But the reality is you, the reality is it's an adverse, tough uphill climb but if you're willing to put the work in, you will be rewarded, you know, and, and you were. And I think it's very important. That's why I had you on the show is I really liked your story because your story is what happens most often is it's not easy 
and you must earn it and you got to fail forward. So I know that was long winded, but that's my thoughts on your story and people like you who have a lot of respect for is they're willing to do whatever it takes. And it's not cliche. It's you live it. Um, playing division one football is not for everyone. As you know, as I know, um, you may be the best specialist in the state and it means very little when you play, when you're playing for like a Florida state or a Miami, they don't care if you're the best in Kansas and Nebraska and wherever for that matter, what they care about is are you the best in the nation. Um, and I want you to go and, and share because you're in a group or you're surrounded by a bunch of alpha males, college and players alike. Can you share your experiences at Kansas State, especially in dealing with competition, someone who wants your job, distractions, and then obviously the success? Yeah. So like when I first got the Kansas State, I sat behind uh, Nick Walsh for two years. He was a uh, four year starter for uh, Kansas State. He's from Linden, Kansas, small town just right outside of Wichita. I mean, no, sorry, Topeka. And uh, he was a great punter. He was a very accurate uh, ratio type punter who would punt the ball between 42, 45 yards each kick, fair caught every single time. Uh, he's the one who actually taught me how to end over end kick because I had no idea how to do it before <laughs> Kansas State. So he was very vocal in trying to lead me into the right direction. And uh, obviously at a four-year university, there's a lot of distractions with uh, just the outside scene of what uh, outside the scene of uh, outside the football program with uh, obviously you have girls, you have uh, extracurricular activities, um, just stuff like that. And uh, you have to be able to regain your focus uh, back into your end goal, what, what you want to accomplish that season. So like when I first got there, I was kicking a ton. That was my, my goal was to get better at what I was doing because I was, I was broken with my form is what Sean Snyder told me, the special teams coach there. And he, he taught me too, that wind shouldn't be a factor with your ball and you must mentally block it out. Um, I don't know if anyone here is familiar with Manhattan, Kansas, but it's literally in the middle of the Flint Hills in Kansas. And, uh, in Kansas, there's not a lot of trees. So there's not a lot of stuff blocking that wind at all and uh, before the stadium kind of got filled out at Kansas State uh, it was a wind pocket for sure and uh, <clears throat> you had to be comfortable to punt into the wind or else you wouldn't play at Kansas State so uh, that was my main thing was to mentally block out the wind that's something that I worked on and I mastered it uh, Nick taught me that you keep a lower drop and you push that ball out a little bit further on your foot, it's going to knife right through the wind. And uh, we would always practice into the wind. Sean would make us uh, punt every single time in practice into the wind. We would very rarely punt with the wind, but that set us up for success in the game because most likely we're going to be punting into a swirling wind in the game. And if we didn't punt into the wind, then it was honestly an easier kick because we were mentally prepared to block out the wind while we, while we play. Um, uh, so yeah, that was basically kind of just uh, kind of an overview of how I kind of, when I first got the K state, what my main goal was and it. And it worked out uh, in 2018. I was honorable mention in the big 12. Um, I had a 44 yard average uh, that year. And then going into 2019, I was preseason uh, Ray guy, uh, watch list person. 
I won a Ray Guy Award uh, against TCU in 2019. Uh, I finished second team all Big 12, and I broke two school records while I was at K-State just because of the hard work that I put in. I was going to lead into that. You know, I mean, many listeners of this show, they have that aspiration to play in the NFL. Um, some are in college now, and, and hearing what you just said, your resume, uh, a lot, not a lot of kids are doing that that have the dream. Um, and maybe they will, and maybe they'll use this as a goal, you know. But my, my point is this, is even though you are among the very best in college football, especially at the end of your career, and now you're among, you know, the short list, if you will, um, in terms of punters, can you share more about the life of being a free agent punter? You know, you have a job, um, you, you're, you're essentially on call for workouts, you have to, you know, maintain You've got to find ways to improve. Uh, can, can you just share a little more about like a day to day and like, it's not a sexy place to be, is it? Right. No, it's definitely not, uh, Dan, that's for sure. <laughs> um, I work uh, two part-time jobs to kind of just make, uh, make a living while I'm a free agent. And then on top of those two part-time jobs, I train kickers and punters in this area. Um, I work online, which is super flexible. And then um, obviously with the, super flexible training kickers and punters. But I mean, to start off my day, I I'm working out for an hour and a half, uh, in, in the gym, getting my mobility and my flexibility in and then my strength in. And then, uh, I kick three to four times a week out in the field. So, um, in Kansas now it's starting to get into the winter time. It's going to be a little bit harder to get out in the field, but you got to be able to block out the elements. Uh, it's Kansas. It's going to be the cold and wind. Uh, those are going to be the two big things. And, um, I probably kick, Right now, probably about 50 to 60 balls each time I go out and punt, and that's three to four times a week. Uh, the reason why I'm able to kick that many balls is because when I was younger and going through Kansas State, I kicked about 100 to 150 balls a day. When I, was first, when I first got to K-State, my max peak was probably 150. Once I started to play at K-State, I kind of backed it off a little bit, but I was still kicking at the, at the early uh, beginnings of the week. I was still kicking about 80 balls at the very beginning. That would be like a Monday practice. Tuesday, I'd probably cut down by like 10 or 15. Wednesday, cut it back. Thursday was my quality reps day. And I kind of translate that to when uh, I'm training for the NFL. So like early early in the week, usually uh, tryouts for the NFL are usually on Tuesdays. So my kicking schedule kind of looks like I kick on Tuesday, I kick on Thursday, and then I kick on Saturday and Sunday, or I only kick on Sunday. And I get my Monday. A, a day off later on the week, I, I scale back my reps and I go for quality reps early on the week. I might, my rep counts high because I'm trying to work on things to improve. And the only way you're going to improve on those things is if you kick more and you feel those things of what you're trying to improve on. So like, I'll give you an example right now. I'm trying to get more hang time on my ball. So I'm, I'm raising up my drop just a tick and uh, working on getting up to the ball more with a uh, with a more linear leg swing up to the ball. And so early on the week, I'm working on that. I'm repping the crap out of that ball early on. And then as I get closer to when I think that I'm going to get a tryout uh, towards that Tuesday workout, when I put on the weekends, then I scale down those reps and I go for quality. And by the time it gets to those quality rep days, my ball is way better than it was before because I put in the work in earlier that week with kicking a lot. 
I want to touch on that. So the film I saw on Novak's Instagram recently, I know those were probably better balls because those were A plus balls. And kids sometimes get lost in the woods and don't realize that you've got to fail forward. You probably had multiple reps where you were exploring with something that it wasn't pretty. And um, that's the danger in social media is mm. you only see you only see everyone's best days, best hours, best minutes, best seconds. Yes. Nothing, nothing in between. But what I want to say with that is this and take it for what you will. I think that why those balls were were significantly high, like five, three, five, four, is you had a short, compact last strut, you know, your drive step, your your plant step, whatever you want to call it. It was short and compact. And I think most people, especially high school punters, will overstride, overexert that step to where they're almost like heel displaced mm-hmm. and they get they get short in their process, their hip sync, all these things, right? And the physics behind it is the faster we get that left foot down for right-footed punters, the faster you can pull through with the kick side foot, right? It right. can't, it, it can't float in the air and kick. I mean, unless you're Bruce Lee, but it's ineffective. <laughs> you've got to get that. You've got to get that left foot down before you can pull forward. It's just, it's the way we're built, you know, that you can't argue that. Um, so short, compact second steps for all you punting nerds listening right now, it'll change, it'll change your game. You know, I always say big, small, think big first step, smaller second, even though they're, they're generally speaking about the same, it really takes away from the thought of over-exaggerating the second step. It shouldn't be small, big. And I think most punters punt small, big. Yeah. And if, if you punters out there, listen, uh, listen to this, if, if you feel like you're not getting as much power on the ball, really have shorter steps. Think about your block point should be at three to three and a half yards instead of four and a half to six yards, you know? Thank, thank you. I mean, you don't want to get up into that shield either or else, I mean, your block point has just changed tremendously and you're probably not getting the same power that you might get if you shorten up your steps. I found that I spent a lot of time with Johnny Hecker when he was young and his contact point at the time, I don't know if it's changed, but it was 10 feet, six inches, which is three and a half yards. Johnny is six, five. Mm-hmm. So if you're a six foot punter and you've got a, you take three and a half yards in your process, you're, you're spreading yourself thin. You're getting smaller. You're trying to kick, punt like you're six, five, but you're not. So I think, I think we can generalize this a little bit. And what you said is very true. Anyone who's punting at five, five yards is your contact point. No, no one out there I've ever seen is eight feet tall. Yeah. Um, it doesn't make sense. So you're going to have to get shorter to, to reach out and go get it. Um, and that's just physics, right? That's math. Um, it's very objective thinking. So I found you like most people, uh, these days I found you on Twitter, uh, your punt, (laughs) your punt 21 company. It interests me. You know, I love seeing guys like your age that are like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to give back now. And because you, you bring a perspective that is new, it's fresh guys like me that are 40. There are several of us that have been doing this for a very long time. And I think that's how we get better. That's how we evolve is when new perspectives come into the coaching world. So I'd like you to, I guess, share a little bit about what I think you stress, which is both physical and mental development. Um, I'd like you to also talk about the purpose in founding Punt 21 mm-hmm. and, um, and your experiences uh, with young specialists. For sure. Yeah, I'll, let's talk about the purpose first. I mean, the biggest purpose was uh, I'd started this to help kids out. Uh, I realized when I was younger, I didn't have this uh, service to be able to help these kids, mainly because I lived in the Kansas City area and not a lot of uh, punting coaches or kicking coaches are in this area. Uh, I don't know why, but uh, it's just always baffled me that there's not more over here. But yeah, that's that's the main reason why I started it, because um, 
I've, I kind of looked at these other places to other camps and I was just like, after I looked sometimes a uh, person behind the logo, let me sorry, logo. Um, I was just like, oh, this person's just here to make money. He doesn't really care about me trying to better myself. So that's the number one thing why I started this. I'm, I'm here 24 seven to help these kids out. I will help kids out with the recruiting process with the physical mental side of being a punter kicker uh, because there's a lot to it. And um, I think it's important to the start at a younger age. So I'd rather help the person who uh, wants to be helped than the person who is just like hot and cold with uh, trying to become a better punter and kicker. Um, And there's, there's so many of them out here today that want to improve their craft, but do they want to put the work in? That's, that's a big question you have to ask yourself too. And I always stress that with the kids that I work with, I was like, I'm, I'm going to be here for you, but you have, to, it's a two way street. You have to put the same amount of work in that I'm putting into you. And uh, I, I, I love working with kids. Um, when, when I see them ball out on the field on Friday nights, it makes my job reassuring like all right this is working with them like they're they're finally starting to click with click with it um and the main part that i see with the mental side i tell these kids is just self-belief you got to have self-belief you got to have vision of yourself punting the ball kicking the ball the way that you wanted to kick it um i had we had this motivational speaker at k-state named ben newman and uh when he first got there with climbing in 2019 he told us uh, well, he pulled me aside while we were work while I was working out. He goes, "Have self belief that you will be punting one day on Sundays, and think about one kick at a time. Don't think about the end result." And I was like, "Okay." So once I started thinking about that, it opened up my mind tremendously. You can only control for for a punter, for example. You can only control from when you catch the ball to when that ball comes off your foot. Okay. Once it comes off your foot, it's not in your hands anymore. It's, uh, it's in the hands of your coverage team. It's, uh, it's, it's in the hands of the elements, too, of, what, of whatever circumstance you're playing in. So the thing that a punter can do is we can control everything from our drop to our foot contact to basically just punting the ball. Once it comes off our foot, it's over with. We can't control it. So don't worry about the end result or worry about just the part of you actually punting the ball and all your training is going to come into play right there. I mean, just trust your process too of how much work that you've put into it. If you haven't put in a lot of work, then yeah, it's going to be a little stressful, <laughs> but if you put in hours and hours of work, it should just be easy to you. Uh, and that's why I try to teach my kids with punt 21. I mean, I love that. I want to go further. So we, we talk a lot about, adversity on this show and i'm going to talk about a few things you mentioned earlier about like man i punt into the wind like i don't just punt. i just don't i don't punt just with it or i or take off the windy days and go out there on the dead wind days and florida boys are very guilty of this because <laughs> we we like nice 75 and sunny to, you know we're not used to that we're not used to snow and wind and rain and sleet and all all the all the in between and i'm getting somewhere with this but i like what you also said and I don't think many kids really have this 
in their repertoire until someone's taught them is you had a schedule you still do and you're constantly changing the schedule. You know your rep count per day. You know when a heavy day is, when an off day is, and whatever's in between. I don't think a lot of kids, and it's not really their fault because I was on the phone this morning with a coach in Houston who, I mean, they're number one or two in the nation in certain polls, and he's trying to get better with this third of the game. And one thing, the first thing I asked him was, is your specialist practice as structured as your offense and defense? And of course, I always get a big fat no. In fact, we, yeah. we have zero structure. The expectation is we're going to get Billy. I don't know who Billy is, but I like Billy today. We're going to get Billy to go on the third field. Sometimes it's an outfield. Sometimes it's a soccer field. If you're lucky, it's another football field. And Billy's going to get like four or five old balls that we used on D-line last year. And we're going to give him some tees. He needs, you know, we're going to buy him all the kicking nets. But Billy's got to go get better on his own. That's dangerous. Mm-hmm. You're, not, you're talking about a 15, 16-year-old child, and you give him zero coaching, and he could be an all-American ceiling type kid. That's what's crazy about this sport is they fully expect us to win games and lose games or flip the field and make an impact on defense or cripple an offense with zero instruction and zero structure. And we're supposed to all of a sudden learn this on Saturdays on national television. It's dangerous. And I'm thankful for punt 21 and, and, and people like you who are implementing ways to attack it on and off the field mentally and physically, because if you don't have all of it, you've got none of it and it's going to get exposed at the wrong time and you will lose self-belief for the rest of your life. Right. And I try, I try to tell my clients too, when the coaches aren't, like you said, aren't as structured as like their offense and defenses, I'll give them like a schedule for during their practice of stuff to be able to do if their coach isn't with them during practice. So like um, I'll have them send me film of them during practice. I'll give them drills to do during practice. I'll be like, all right, if you're struggling with this, work on this drill. Um, So just stuff like that where I try to help uh, punters or kickers uh, practice life go easier for them. So it translate on game day. It's fun. I mean, I encourage you to, and it's, it's forever going to be, you're always going to change your way, just like you do in your punting, but in your coaching, I encourage you to also find ways to, to better yourself. And what I find is best is always reflecting on the things that I wanted or needed that I never received at critical points in my life. And then when was it appropriate to do these things? Like you don't need to, you don't need to train like a pro at 15. However, You need to have a plan in place where you're gradually getting to where by the time you're a senior, you are, in fact, training like a freshman in college. Um, I think when kids go too fast with it, dreams get crushed. Right. Right. Um, But it's like anything else. Right. I mean, you, you, you just do it like you said earlier. You take it one day or one kick or punt at a time. And um, you can be your worst critic, but also be your biggest advocate. I think that's important with self-belief as well, um, because I am definitely guilty of that. I was my biggest critic and I really didn't want to give myself much credit. I wanted, I wanted to receive credit from others. And I think that's, that's not a good thing. Right. It's not. I mean, that happened with me too at Kansas state at some points where I was like, like you said, you were your biggest cricket critic. I was my biggest critic too, because I expected so much of myself too. And um, that's definitely a toxic thing to be able to, to always have on yourself too. And, uh, once I've learned to not be like that, that I saw tremendous strides in my game. Yeah. Cause I think you, 
I'm speaking for myself, but I think you might agree. I think when we acted like that, we wanted to make sure everyone knew we cared as much as they did. Like I felt guilty that that I wasn't an inside drill or I wasn't doing the things that offense and defense were doing at all times. So I wanted to make sure that everyone knew that if I wasn't kicking or punting, that I was doing drops or that I was in the weight room getting my my core on or I was doing a little cardio. I, I felt like I owed it to my team and my coaches. And I felt like when I didn't execute, that it was on my preparation and that's not necessarily true. Right. Right. Uh, You're going to have up and down days. And, and I love what you said. I wish your coach would have told me that at the right time, control what you can control. You know, you can't control what happened either. I think that's very important. It happened. Let's make, let's make sure it doesn't happen again, at least in the same way. Exactly. Right. It's a learning experience. And as long as you don't make that same mistake again, you've grown in that, in that part. Amen. Well, this was incredible. Um, as always, I like to, Devin, ask that you uh, share some ways that the, these guys can get a hold of you. Um, as you know, most people are on social media, but there's always one or two guys that may want to reach out and say, you know, hey, I love what you said about this. If you would be okay with doing that, that'd be great. Yeah, for sure. So um, I have a Twitter account. It's at punt underscore 21. Uh I also just have a personal Twitter account too. It's, uh, I believe it's at Devin Anktel 21 uh, on Twitter. Um, go ahead and give me a follow uh, and reach out to me if you guys have any questions. Uh, if you live in the Kansas City area or uh, the Manhattan, Kansas area, um, or anywhere, honestly, in the state of Kansas too, would love to work with you also. Or if you just want to just talk about just the physical and mental side, I'd, I'd love to be able to just chat uh, with you to be able to improve your craft and just improve your horizon on what it's like to be a specialist at the high school level and at the college level. If you have dreams of playing there. It's been a pleasure, man. You, uh, you mean a lot to us and especially those at fourth down you, I want to thank you again, Devin. It was, it was awesome that you're able to share like your, your, your story, where you are now, where you plan on going. Uh, I think all of this will benefit performance on and off the field for coaches and players. Uh, I, I really, really, really thank you. And I plan on having you back on the show probably next time to focus on something a little more like punt specific uh, because we've got a lot of punting listeners that love hearing the intricacies of like what your philosophies are and situationally you know like not just in the wind but what about a crosswind or what about on the minus 45 so so we'll we'll do that we'll 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 get back together on that and uh, i want to thank the audience again for uh, hearing the show Uh, please give us a five-star rating and review subscribe to the show and share it with a friend if you have questions related to the podcast suggestions for future topics or guests or if you have feedback for the show you can reach me in several ways my website is fourthdownu.com on social media my instagram and twitter are at fourthdownu and on facebook and linkedin you can find me by simply searching dan space lundy l-u-n-d-y thanks again for joining us at fourth down focus presented by bet online we'll see you next week with an exciting new guest And I hope 2021 is still treating each of you very well. Remember, in all things, give thanks. Shut up and sit down. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.